0: Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of Colts, Killers, and Cocktails with Jen and Vanessa.
1: Please be advised, the following episode is for mature audiences only. We talk about content that may be triggering to some individuals and contain discussions regarding rape, murder, sex, suicide, religious organizations, and disturbing situations. Now, let's get into this week's episode.
0: Hi, welcome back to another episode of Colts, Killers, and Cocktails. I'm your host,
1: Jen. And I'm Vanessa. Just kidding. That's opposite. <laughs> <laughs> April Fool's. <laughs> two weeks late. Um, so we're actually recording two episodes because since I did a part one, part two, it's just easier for me to talk about it all at once. And we just ate hot box breadsticks and we're waiting for 10 o'clock to roll around so we can go to Applebee's to do half price apps. Yeah, and they have five dollar
0: cocktails too. Oh, I wonder
1: what their cocktail of the month
0: is. So one is a frozen drink. I don't know what it is, but the other is like a rum drink. And I plan on drinking like three of those. And I know it's like so much sugar, but I'm like, we've already carved up. We're ready for this.
1: Hmm. Today it's April. Yeah. I'm just curious. What's the frozen one? Strawberry Dollarita. And it comes with a candy surprise on the side. Ooh, talk dirty to me. I love frozen drinks and I only feel okay drinking them if I'm on vacation or at a bar like Applebee's or TGI Fridays. <laughs> so I'm totally going to take advantage of that tonight. But... Um, Applebee's is a vacation. And they have Long Island iced teas tonight. Do they? Mm-hmm. Oh, hell. Maybe I'll get a Long Island too then. Maybe we'll just party. And Sh- what is it? Thirsty Thursday? Strawberry daiquirita and there's a tipsy shark. Oh my gosh, yes. I know, so excited. Okay. Okay, yeah. they're going to feel great tomorrow morning. They're, yeah, I'll just go into the sauna and sit down and not even work out. I'll just sit there. <laughs> yeah, just be sitting in the corner. i fine. It'll be, be perfect for work. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so last week or earlier, literally like 20 minutes ago, I started talking about incels. And again, I'm going to preface this by saying this is different than a cult. Um, just because someone's in an online group forum, that doesn't automatically make them in a cult. But since this has such a big following, and such a mentality where everyone's thinking the same way, that's why I'm covering it.
0: So are you going to get into like what incel stands for? Or is it okay? Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll be patient. I swear.
1: Oh, yeah. So again, like said so last week, incel stands for involuntary celibate. Okay, yeah, that's right. So gotcha. someone that really, really wants to either have an intimate relationship, not just have sex, or if they want to have sex with somebody and they're trying, but, you know, there's no willing participants, that's this group. We're going to get into it. We're going to get down. We're going to gonna get down with it. Yeah. we talked about a couple of attacks last week that happened in the incel community. Obviously, the actions of a few do not speak for everyone but hopefully at the end of this episode everyone's going to be able to understand where they're coming from. Okay, so this actually all started due to the internet in 1993. There was a Canadian woman named Alana who started a web page and a mailing list about being a bisexual. She was a bisexual at the time. Again, a lot of people weren't out or open in the 90s about their sexual, you know, preferences or anything like that. So she was finding it really hard to have intimate relationships. She started a website in order to, first of all, just talk to people, try to get tips, have support about other people that are going through these same issues. Then more and more people joined and then the term incel was coined. Alana was actually interviewed in 2018 and she talks about how much she regrets starting this quote. It definitely wasn't a bunch of guys blaming women for their problems. That's a pretty sad version of this phenomenon that's happening today. Things have changed in the last 20 years. When she read about the Valavista killings from Elliot Rogers and the parts of the incel subculture that pretty much glorified him and put him on a pedestal, she wrote, quote, like a scientist who invented something that ended up being a weapon of war. I can't uninvent this word nor restrict it to the nicer people who need it.
0: Yeah. I mean, back then you don't know the regrets of, starting an internet page. You know, nobody knew Facebook was going to be as big or 4chan or Reddit or anything like that. But well, and her
1: intentions weren't violent. They were literally just a support group for people that are also going through things. Like if I'm having a problem, I can come to you. Maybe you can give me tips, you know? Yeah. So it's really, really unfortunate that that's how it started and what it turned into. That's really sad. Connor Beaton, who's a founder of podcast man talks described the community as Incel men are angry at life and society for not being structured in a way when they're closer to the top of the sexual hierarchy. And they've made a villain, they've made a villain out of the archetypal man who they believe is inhibiting this run of the social sexual ladder. So let's talk about incels and pretty much what they're made up of. Research shows that 90% are under the age of 30, and 80% of incels live in either North America or Europe.
0: Okay. well, yeah, that makes sense because a lot of single people are the ones that are under
1: 30 years old. Right. Yeah. And I think it's a big thing of people that use the Internet a lot. People that are on social media, you know, and a lot of those people tend to be under their 30s. The basic belief of incels is that women who they also call roasties, femoids or stasies are drawn to chads who are men that pretty much incels are not. A chad gets all the women because of his superior appearance, his confidence, and the physical abilities that are seen as like winning the genetic lottery. So a lot of incels will say like, well, they have better bone structure. They're tall. They're handsome. That's why women are drawn to these guys that are the quote unquote chads. The female equivalent of a chad is called a Stacy, And again, this is someone who is quote unquote stupid promiscuous, and physically attractive.
0: Of course, they make the females stupid and unattractive, and the males are, like, good cheekbones.
1: and. Well, Stacey's are attractive. Oh, Stacey's are attractive? Stacey's are attractive. Now, if you're a Becky, that means you're a sexually active woman, but you're unattractive. Oh, Becky. Becky. Roasties, that just means that you're a woman who's sexually active, so that engrosses Becky's and Stacey's. Incels believe that 20% of the population is made up of chads and about 80% of women are only interested in this class of man. So that just kind of gives you the math that they're thinking of in the back of their head. That makes sense. But if 20% of the population is Chad, so are they saying that they're 80% of the population? So you also have people that are called normies and a normie is someone who is too too sexually attractive to be an incel. But they're not a Chad. So that's like pretty much what we are. The normal I, I was going
0: to say, like there are sevens. Got
1: it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can also be called a beta male. So a beta male is someone that's submissive, cleany, indecisive, weak-minded, and not confident. Sounds like my ex. <laughs> he can't deal with confrontation or challenges, and he lets things happen instead of taking action cells also can describe themselves as these beta males. Um, beta uprising is what they call their mission to take back the power from these chads or alpha males. They also have a belief called female hypergamy. And that's the belief that females are only gonna be happy if they have a male partner that's way more superior than them. While men on the other hand, just wanna be with a woman that's either like themselves or a little bit like lower on the scale which actually studies show that women are happier with men that they think are less attractive than themselves. I was going to say, cause I don't want to have to compete. I don't no. either. I'm like, you want that donut? Eat that donut. <laughs> yeah. You lose that six pack. <laughs> um, so the incel community also doesn't let women join. Women cannot be considered incels according to them, unless they're the bottom 10% or they have like a body dysmorphia. Like there has to be something completely wrong with them. Cause I think it's so easy to get laid as a woman. Marcells are married incels, so someone that is married to somebody, but they're not having sex in their relationship anymore. Near cells are people that are claim to be incels, but they get laid sometimes. High cells are people that blame not being able to get laid on their height. Fake cells are people that say they're incels, but they get laid, so they're lying. I feel like I'm in a human sexual biology class right now. Right? <laughs> And then whole, whole cells are men that are going their own way or they want to be asexual. The groups that are all on the internet, these interest groups about incels, they call that the manosphere. The manosphere. hmm Okay. And I'm sure they were mansplaining that to whoever they were talking to. Totally. <laughs> and again, it focuses a lot on the alpha and beta theory. They really focus on alphas or men who trigger lust in women because these women want these alpha men. And women will only settle down with betas because of the financial stability. So they're like just thinking women in the worst light. They literally think of them as objects that have no brain but are pretty. Yeah, I mean what I'm getting from this. They feel that they're owed sex. It's a right that they have. And I think probably some of the issues with that is Hollywood. I mean, if you look at Hollywood, you know, even on TV and on all these like episodes, you see kids in high school. Hooking up, you know, yeah. it's something that seems like it's obtainable. Even the nerd, you know, you have the 40 year old virgin. Like, mm-hmm. They put such a big emphasis on sex. and these men think that they're owed it. Um, they think that they're nice guys. And I'm sure a bunch of them really are nice guys. Elliot Rogers, again, the guy that we talked about last week, described himself as the supreme gentleman. Obviously we see from his actions and his manifesto, he wasn't always the nicest guy spilling coffee on a girl to me doesn't scream, I'm a super nice gentleman. He was the opposite. But he still had the belief that he was treating women with respect and then he should have, you know, had this intimate relationship in response. They also believe in something called biological determinism. So what is that? It means that women are the ones that select who they wanna be with. So again, that's why they picked the chads. Um, Incels are pretty hopeless to be honest they get in the mindset that they're always going to be single and they're doomed and there's nothing that they can do to change it, which is pretty sad. That is. Reddit has actually banned incels from using their forum, but there's still numerous websites online that people have joined in order to talk about these ideas and issues. How do you ban somebody from a... They just say like you can't, you know, like no incel tags. You know, you can like not have conversations and things like that. Got it. To give you an idea... Male Forever Alone, wrote, Can femoids even be considered human? (gasps) The female part of our species, though technically human, completely and utterly lacks the essence of being that one would call humanity. By lacking all empathy, compassion, self-awareness, and capacity for logic or reason, there is little to separate the femoid from the beast of the field. Commenters on this little chat were commenting The women and their slaves have no concept of loyalty, honesty, gratitude, honor, chivalry, or empathy.
0: Wow. These people were born in the wrong freaking century, wrong time. Like they need to go
1: back to the medieval ages and be born. And that's what happens when you think you're owed something. Yeah. Maybe it's upbringing. Maybe it's Hollywood. Maybe it's all of this in one, but um, it's just crazy. And the thing is, how do you solve this issue? How do you make these men, you know, either be able to obtain these intimate relationships? Because again, it's not all sex. Some of them just really want to have that connection with a partner. You know, how do you help them do that? Is that something that we should be worrying about as a community? I mean, it won't ever be solved because, you know, relationships 50 50. There no females are going to want to
0: start a relationship with this guy that, you know, take your guy, for example, like, throwing hot
1: coffee on them. Like, nobody's going to want to do that. I agree. So. Incels have said their opinion on this topic, too. Oh, I would love to hear their opinion on this. So, there's been the huge extremes, like, uh, rape, which is something that nobody should ever even bring up. Oof. They also go into prostitutes, how if we had legal prostitution and that was an outlet, they could do that. Sex dolls, using that as an outlet. Um, Sexual surrogates, so you could hire someone, which again is pretty much prostitution. And a lot of them have actually even been asking for the government to step in to take consent away from women and assigning them to men for equal sexual conquest for all, which pretty much is handmaid's tale That's literally what it is. Minus the whole religious aspect behind it. People have even talked about setting up sex charities. Where if you're a woman, you can go and donate your time. And pretty much these incels will come in. They'll get their release. And then you will have done a job for your your community by helping keep them in check. And they're also getting... Because it's all about you. Yeah. Honestly. These people are... Mm. The people you're discussing are a little loony Tunes. Yeah. So again, how do we solve it? I honestly think that there needs to be more options for therapy. Yeah. And Elliot Rogers was in therapy his entire life and then he still did what he did. So obviously it's not the answer for everyone. And I know this is like probably not the best way to put it, but what if we did like hitch type classes? What if you were having issues connecting with women or men you know, and you want help to be able to put yourself out there. What if you had someone that could help you teach you like, you know, don't throw hot coffee on this girl. Ask her how her day's going. Say that she's really pretty. You know what I mean? Like someone to give them insight. I mean, that is a great idea. And I mean, I don't remember how the actual movie
0: went, but I want to be opposed to that. Like there are some people that like these people are so awkward that they're never gonna know yeah you know and like even like you know there's dating apps like bumble that have like just friendships and even with that i feel like they wouldn't be able to connect with somebody they like need a
1: coach essentially i agree yeah Yeah, because it's all about how you treat people Mm -hmm. so when does the whole incel situation become violent or dangerous well a lot of it is because these men get pushed to the point where they think it's so helpless and they either want to commit suicide because they're so lonely or they want violence as a part of like revenge against these people that are denying them their rights. And the incel community didn't start to get dangerous until about 2010. That's when it started to get violent. The first recorded case of incel violence was in August of 2009 and George Sodini was at an LA Fitness, and he opened fire just randomly. Three women were murdered, and nine other were injured. He turned the gun on himself. And were all women injured? Do we know that? Or do we don't know that? if it was all women. Um, we just know that he was expressing sexual frustration, and he was complaining—he was complaining of rejections by women on a website. Yeah he's been embraced by the incel community at least six mass murders resulting in 44 deaths have been committed since 2014 by men who've either self-identified as an incel or have mentioned incel related names and writings in their private writings or internet postings so for these internet postings what website did you say that they're on um they're like like different subgroups it'd be like the equivalent of reddit you know where someone can post a thread and then you just like post under them. Um, there's plenty of like incel websites. A lot of people are on YouTube. You can literally just type in incel videos on YouTube and you'll see all of these men just posting videos. And there's some women,
0: you know. You would think that there's be some way to like monitor that. But I mean I guess you can't monitor everything, especially like if it's in the dark web. I don't know. But if somebody's like saying like oh, I'm gonna go to LA fitness and shoot up the place and then shoot
1: myself, you know? Well, actually, um, funny you say that because because of all these murders and shootings and violent tendencies, they've actually been um, studied. So they're okay. actually being studied by multiple groups right now, even Homeland Security studying them just to see what the threat level is, because they are comparing this to terrorism. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. On May 20th of 2020. So actually not even oh. that long ago. Oh, no. This guy named Armando Hernandez was in Glendale, Arizona, and he critically injured a 19-year-old man, a 30-year-old woman, and a 16-year-old girl because he identified himself as an incel. He wanted to target couples and shoot at least 10 people. God. Between January and July of 2020, five self-identified incels were arrested in North America for planning to kill women so not they didn't actually execute them it was just planning
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh my god so are all themselves bad no i really don't think they are but i think it's something that we need to pay attention to and i think it's something that we need to create plans in order to help this community and just to help everyone honestly if you help these men you're going to be helping women in the future too they just leave such a bad taste in my mouth since you've just told me about the murders. I mean, I'm sure that there
0: are honestly still men that go on this website just to like complain, you know, about not getting a woman. But I feel like also maybe, and I'm talking from outside the box here that I just found out about this group about 30 minutes ago, maybe like fellow incels should help other fellow incels saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't go out and Kill these people let's all go out for a drink and talk about things
1: well it doesn't always just jump to killing on mm-hmm. these forums too a lot of it will just be men bonding together about you know being lonely and it's moral support you know mm-hmm. you have a few bad eggs that have you know turned violence mm-hmm. um since this whole thing has even happened um i was watching a lot of youtube videos before i came over and there was a few guys on there that were like you know do i like being an incel no do i hope it changes? Yeah. Do I think people are still good and like maybe eventually I'll find a girl? Yeah. Like there it's not everybody, you know, and that's why I say like a few bad eggs doesn't ruin everything. But I also think that even the men that are, you know, semi-normal and willing to express their feelings and work through these, like I still think they need help too. They
0: do. And so if you're listening to this, reach out to us, tell us what you want. Tell us what we can do for you. We'll talk to you. We'll be your friends. Like a lot of people are friendly.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's the incel. So it's not a cult. It's just a group because it's like an online forum. Yeah. But the thing is too, I mean, a cult tends to have a leader. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, their main, they don't really have a leader. So it's an unchecked group. You know, like, yeah. look at Jonestown. When Jim Jones died, the cult stopped. Right. This isn't stopping. There's no main leader. It's a big group of people with a like-minded belief, which technically is a cult, Yeah. if you think about it. I yeah. mean, even your Christian church down the street can be considered a cult. Right. Um. You know, but they're not checked because they don't have a leader. Gotcha. Wow. So that makes it even scarier, I almost think, to a point,
0: too. Yeah. Unless, like... Do we know if there's, like, a leader in development, like a main guy on this? or Because you need to be stopped right now. (laughs) But, yeah, so that's insults. Wow, that was good. That was fascinating.
1: All right. And for our second cocktail, I used Smirnoff whipped vodka. And then this Owens Craft Mixers. There's a cranberry lime one in the store. And then ginger beer to make pretty much a cranberry ginger mule cranberry mule with whipped cream with on whipped it. cream but you can't really taste the whipped cream so maybe add some if you want actual have that. Whipped cream would that be good
0: i feel like you can't go wrong with whipped cream on. i anything.
1: just love whipped cream on it. yeah anything on, and
0: everything basically giggity but guys <laughs> this is actually really good so try this drink you won't be disappointed and we'll post it on our instagram too so
1: all right so do you want to get into your story for this
0: week Yes, I would love to get into my story this week, Jen. Just as a preface, the story I want to tell you today is not a very well-known serial killer. I mean, at all. I'm willing to bet you $100 that you've never heard of him.
1: I agree with that.
0: (laughs) So I would win the bet. Okay, good, good, good. Nevertheless, the way that he killed his victims was so heinous, so monstrous, that I couldn't skip over him just because there's not a ton of information about him. Therefore, my story today is going to be a little shorter than the others, but I think it's important that everyone is aware of what happened, especially in this day and age of ride-sharing and how it's used so frequently, especially in big cities. No, don't ruin it for me. I got it. I got (laughs) to Burst your bubble. Burst in it. So we are actually traveling to the beautiful country of Greece.
1: Okay. It's not in the United States. That makes me feel a little bit better.
0: Yeah, because that doesn't happen over here, right? No. No, no, no. Okay. So we're in Greece for this episode and we are traveling back to 1993, the night of November 19th, the night of November 19th to be exact. Since obviously Uber or Lyft weren't around back then, people of course would pick up their phone and call their local taxi company or even go on the street and whistle for a taxi. Which do they still do that? They do. Like in New York, do you like just kind of like put your hand out and...
1: I know in Chicago they do. I haven't been to New York
0: yet, but... I haven't either. Let's go. I'm down. Okay. So if you listen in New York, please tell us if you have to actually like wave down a taxi. And that is exactly what Anastasia Simitsi did that night. It was a Friday night and she was ready to hit the town with some friends to unwind from a long work week. Her taxi came and she was on her way to the club... Assumably, the taxi driver and her had a pretty decent conversation because hours later when she was leaving the club, she had the same taxi driver take her home. And this has actually happened to me before, like, I guess, I think I was in Chicago, but even with Uber drivers, I've had a pretty decent conversation with them and they give me a business card. They have like a side taxi business on the side. And you'll
1: call them later. Yeah. Yeah,
0: You know, they'll cut you a deal because you were a good customer. So, you know, they got to hustle and make money. So whether this scenario happened or it was pure luck of the draw for taxis, which I'm more inclined to believe, A, um, it's unclear. But she got in the cab to go home. On the way home, the taxi driver does what every woman despises, especially after a night out with the girls. He starts hitting on her. No. I hate it. She declines, as I feel most of our audience would do. She just wanted to go home and go to bed. Unfortunately, that would be the last time she would ever decline someone. She was taken to a deserted area where she was doused in gasoline and burned alive. Her charred corpse was found by police the following day. Who would do this to a complete stranger? Police were baffled. Two months later, after this torturous, hateful crime occurred, honestly, the taxi game was still booming. Nothing changed. If you think about it, crimes involving ride sharing happen every day in the world. How often do we hear about them? How often do we reflect on this thinking that maybe we should stop? We don't because that's literally an impossible task, especially in big cities. There's no room for that. So the business didn't stop. They were even using something to this day called taxi rank. And basically what that is, is if you're leaving the airport or getting off of a train, there's a row of taxis that you'll see lined up. This will happen by rank. And I have no idea how this is decided, but there is a certain order as to who goes where. So this actually was a thing at 3.30 in the morning. One time when I got off the train from Chicago to Indy coming home, mm-hmm. like I saw like a row of taxi drivers and I had like taxi drivers fighting over me because they were like, no, it's my turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. So basically how I'm thinking of it is like a restaurant rotation, like servers and stuff. So just the same thing except taxi land. Anyways, Theodoros Andretis was having a heated conversation with fellow taxi driver Dimitris Vakrinos. But this was around the time of Anastasia being brutally murdered. They were basically arguing about each other's taxi rank and who goes where. Back to current day, however, January 9th, 1994, to be exact, Theo really forgot about this conversation. Again, you can p- compare it to the service industry, where you get skipped in rotation and you yell at the server or host about it, but at the end of the night, it's not a big deal. Right. Theo was working this day, and he picked up a random man. Although, unbeknownst to him, this man was not random at all. It was a fellow grudge-holding taxi driver, Demetris, who was posing as a client. no. Demetrius asked to go somewhere like a typical ride, but shortly into the ride, he asked Theo to pull over. Demetrius then took a pistol and killed Theo with a single gunshot wound to the head. Afterwards, Demetrius got in the driver's seat and drove the taxi a few hours from where they were. He burned it with Theo's body inside. It was finally recognized a few hours later with no one around. So who is Demetrius Pekrinos? He was born in 1962. Again, not very much information out there at all, so I couldn't find his actual birthday. It is published, though, that he did not have a great childhood. His mother and siblings were fine, but his father was a very different story. He was an alcoholic who constantly abused his poor son, according to neighbors. Wow. Which neighbors just saw and didn't say anything, but... Right. These neighbors also stated that Demetrius was a quiet kid who rarely ever talked, which is definitely typical in this type of situation. Demetrius actually ended up in an orphanage because of his father's abuse at the age of 13. Luckily, he was placed into a home with a very friendly family. However, his emotional abuse from his father and his physical abuse from his father never quite left him. Throughout the years, he worked at a tavern, then at a shipyard, and finally became a taxi driver. In 1990, he met a nice lady who he married, but it did not last for long because 14 months later, they were divorced. As a typical divorce, someone gets the house and someone has to leave. His ex-wife ended up kicking him out of the house until everything was officially settled. Angered by this, as revenge, Demetrius set fire to his father-in-law's cottage. What do you know? Fires and violence. He just
1: They just go together. They just
0: do. Just my personal feelings, I think that this is related to his father's abuse as a child, and he never emotionally recovered from this. He did remarry a few years later, surprisingly, but any info about that wife is non-existent. Although the two crimes that I've discussed involve taxis and arson, it wasn't always this way with his victims. In 1986, when he was 25 years old, he had a roommate at his apartment. The roommate named Penayotes Gallagayas, sorry if I'm butchering these names, his roommate was in bed when he noticed that his shotgun was missing. If you're in a roommate situation, the first suspect would obviously be the roommate, of course. So he confronts Demetris and accuses him of stealing his gun. Demetrius denies it, and Panayotis says that if he doesn't give his gun back, roomy or not, he's going to call the police. Since secretly Demetrius did take the gun, he was not happy about this. Demetrius ends up hitting Paniotis over the head with an iron bar, killing him. Okay. He then moved his body and threw it into the side of a highway a few miles away from his apartment. His body was not found until eight days later.
1: That's a long
0: time. It's a long time. So I don't know, unless he was like in a ditch or something.
1: Probably no one just saw.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess there's nobody walking around 65 or anything like that, but the last murder, or should I say murders, that I want to discuss are brothers Costas and Antonius Sparupoles. What happened here was a very shady situation. See, Demetrius actually sold the brothers a car. He sold it to them as a pair, so they shared it, so clearly they weren't super well off by themselves, I mean, if they have to share a car. So... When Demetrius decided to steal back the car from the brothers, you can understand why they were like a no, honey. Right. They chased Demetrius to a gas station and was basically like, yo, what the fuck? We're calling the police. This is our car now. To which Demetrius responded by shooting both of the brothers, killing them on the spot. Wow. Now, this part of the story is super foggy. Well, I guess I wouldn't necessarily call it foggy, but it's a pure mystery. Demetrius was arrested but there are absolutely zero sources as to how, when, or why. Weird. And this led me down like a rabbit hole on the internet, inspiring me to someday, spoiler alert, cover an episode about media coverage and homicides. I mean, this guy literally killed five people in some of the most torturous ways possible, burned a freaking house down, and soon you'll know in the next bullet point that he was charged for many more crimes, but not one source could tell me how he was arrested. Clearly there wasn't enough coverage, clearly there wasn't enough attention, and for some reason, clearly the news outlets just purely did not care. Sorry that this isn't more dramatic or you can't know any more uh, details about this, but he was arrested and brought in for questioning. During this time of questioning, he confessed all the murders that I have mentioned, as well as several other crimes. In 1993, he confessed to shooting two boys in the park because they were making fun of another couple walking He said he felt their behavior was unacceptable.
1: So is shooting people. Yeah,
0: that's very unacceptable, Demetrius. The boys were seriously injured, but they survived. In 1995, he confessed to planning to kill another taxi driver because of the same reason he killed Theo. In 1995, again, he confessed to breaking into a woman's car to steal some goodies Two of the woman's friends actually passed by her car and called this dude out, like, get out of my friend's car, and he began shooting at them. Luckily, he missed. In 1996, he confessed to visiting a house to, quote, take care of some personal disputes, and when the cops arrived, he started shooting at them, but he got away. Other than these shootings and murders, he confessed to literally six other robberies between 1992 and 1995, and these are just the ones that he's confessed to. In summary, Demetrius was just not a good guy. Basically, he's a million percent swipe left. <laughs> In total for murders, if you've lost count, he had five murders and seven attempted murders. When confessing to the police, he said there, there was a reason behind all the murders, behind all of the gross, vile, and unforgivable acts. He said it was because the victims made fun of his height.
1: How tall was he? He was
0: five feet, four inches tall. That's not that bad for a guy. Right? Like, I don't think it's bad. No. I'm 5'1". I'm five four. So, oh, you're five four. How cute. <laughs> I looked this up, and the average height for a male in Greece is five feet, nine and a half inches. So, I mean, he is shorter, but it's no reason to kill multiple people. It's a shitty excuse. And I kind of call bullshit on this because for our first victim, Anastasia, he was driving the taxi. How would she know how tall he was?
1: True. Mm-hmm.
0: An offender profile was written about him. Demetrius was described as a, quote, serial killer with a clear psychopathological background, which is mainly related to his childhood and is associated with sexual oppression, reduced self-esteem, and general clustering behavior. Basically, he was set off with little things, i.e. making fun of his height. Regardless, after he was arrested in April, 1997, He knew that after his confessions, he didn't have a shot. He knew he was gonna go to prison for life. He went to Coridalos prison, but like any other pussy, he took the easy way out. While awaiting trial, Demetrius was found dead in jail on May 12th, 1997. This was just a few weeks after he was initially arrested. He had tied his shoelaces around his neck, then tied those to a shower head and hung himself. Ironically, Officer said that if it would have been somebody taller or somebody who had weighed more, <laughs> then this method wouldn't have worked. Yeah, so, makes sense. Again, although we don't have a lot of information about him, and although this case isn't popular, the victims are important. The story is important. Be aware of your surroundings. If you're in an Uber or Lyft or taxi and you get a gut wrenching feeling, get out. We have these feelings for a reason. But that is the short, no pun intended, should be popular story. Of Demetrius Vakrinos.
1: I like that one. And no, you're totally right. Like, I know that they have apps now that if you're in an Uber, you can keep pressing onto a button, you know, and then once you're home, you tell your parents that you're safe and everything. But if you're like, finger leaves a button, the police are called. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. What's that app called? I have? have no idea what it's called. I just know it's an app. I haven't downloaded it, but it's a good idea. Well, find out what that app is called and we'll post it to our Instagram. Okay. Because that's a Perfect. great idea. So,
0: Yeah. That's it. And I'm still enjoying this cocktail. So great job on it. I love it.
1: I love it. No, that's a good story. And people should be mindful of that stuff. So mm-hmm. that I was completely awesome. We agree. Well, thank you for tuning in
0: to another episode of our little tiny podcast.
1: Yeah. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram. The handle is Colts, Killers, and Cocktails. And we're going to go get some half-price apps at Applebee's. So we got to wrap this up.
0: We're going to take out.
1: Have a great night, guys.
0: Bye. Bye.